You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. A lot of defensive end talk today. I will explain here in a moment, but we're going to be talking about the greatest players wear the number 92 as we are 92 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the college football season for the Cougars. We'll talk about the greatest players to wear that number. Also do a position preview today talking about BYU's defensive ends, a critical unit going into 2020. Can they generate the pass rush that BYU needs to really be an effective defense? We'll talk about that as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor that is Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Talacris. We'll tell you about both of those companies, a little bit more about both of them as today's show rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 3rd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Cash, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. This is episode 501 in our long running series, almost two years into this venture, and can't be more excited to be doing what we're doing, talking BYU sports with you guys each and every day. So make sure you don't miss a daily episode of this show. Make sure to follow us if you're listening to us on Spotify. Hit that subscribe button if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or essentially anywhere else you might be listening in from. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast. So many different ways to listen to podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe so that way you never miss an episode and make sure you join us each and every day. Kicking off today's show, we are talking about the greatest players in BYU history to wear the number 92 as we are 92 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off their college football seasons at Rice-Eccles Stadium on September 3rd up there in Salt Lake City. And today's uh, vote, when I put it on social media, and a reminder for you guys, I'd say this all the time, but a reminder for you, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search us out. Locked on Cougars is the handle for all three networks. And make sure you join us for the latest news in BYU sports as well as the latest when it comes to the podcast. But on our Twitter feed in particular, the, the polling function uh, where you can put polls together on Twitter makes this so much more fun so you guys, the fans, can have your say in the fan vote when it comes to these player uh, countdown series with the greatest players to wear these respective numbers in BYU history. Today's was a little bit unique because I had more finalists, or what I felt were finalists, than the four slots that Twitter will allow me to have for a poll. So I kind of... What did I do? I guess I jimmy-rigged the system. I might have biased the poll, I guess I could say, because I put uh, the Brothers Denny as an option on the Twitter poll uh, for this. And when you mention the three Denny brothers at BYU, all of whom came to BYU and were standout players, and I'm speaking of Ryan Denny, John Denny, and obviously Brett Denny, all three of them standout players in their own right for BYU. And when you include them... Uh, you have three of the greater defensive ends in recent history for BYU sports. Uh, So when I put the poll together, predictably, when I put that poll out there, the Denny brothers were 
anywhere between 70 and 80% in the polling all along. And that's not surprising. Cause like I said, I kind of, I, I, I hurt my polling numbers by doing this because you had Ryan Denny who started the run with the Denny brothers in 1998. He finished his career with 156 total tackles, 16 sacks and 40 tackles for loss, as well as 13 pass breakups, seven quarterback hits and and six forced fumbles before going on to a career with the Buffalo Bills. John Denny came along in 2001 through 2004. And while he only put up 94 total tackles, including a nine sacks, 19 tackles for loss, and three pass breakups of his own. John Denny went on to a long career as a long snapper in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. At one point, was the longest tenured Dolphin outside of a guy you may have heard of named Dan Marino. An, an absolutely stellar run. John recently retiring from the NFL after getting cut by the Dolphins. And then finally, Brett Denny ended the run for the Denny family from 2006 to 2009, collecting 109 total tackles of his own, 16 total tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, and six quarterback hits. Just an absolutely stellar run. That's a, what, nearing just over 300 total tackles. 50-plus sacks as these brothers really just stood out for BYU for well over a decade, from 1998 to 2009, essentially, almost an uninterrupted line each year that the BYU Cougars had a Denny brother playing for them. And I completely understand when the fan vote came in heavily in favor of the Denny brothers. It's not surprising after what they did in a BYU uniform, all of them wearing the number 92. But when I looked at other finalists I had for this poll, I included guys like former national champion, a guy who played in the pro ranks in his own right, Jim Herman, a good friend of the podcast. We've had him on the show. Jim Herman had a great career in his own right in a BYU uniform. Uh, Only went on to what? 106 total tackles, 26 sacks, including 16 as a junior in 1983. Uh, just an absolutely stellar career. Uh, listen with him with 76 quarterback hits. That's an absolutely astounding number if that's true. Like I said, Jim Herman, a standout player from Heartland, Wisconsin, and a guy who won a national championship. You can't leave him off the list. And then finally, I also had to find another finalist in Todd Thompson, who was a standout tight end. Uh, One of the guys who really got the tight end tradition going for BYU in the early days of Lavelle Edwards' tenure. Played for the Cougars out of Concord, California uh, from 1975 to 1978. He finished his BYU career with 84 receptions for 1,389 yards and 15 touchdowns. I couldn't leave Todd out of the mix on this, so I just felt like, you know what, we'll make the Denny brothers, not the Denny's brothers, the Denny brothers, their own option, and I obviously hurt uh, the polling numbers, and Graham Rowley was actually the last player to make the finalist list here. It was a tough debate between him and Handsome Tenielu for me. I gave Rowley the the heads, the I guess the nod, because Played for a longer time in a BYU uniform. He finished his career uh, at BYU in 2015 with 60 total tackles, four and a half sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss, five quarterback hits, and two pass breakups. So, uh, Graham, maybe not the most uh, 
worthy of finalists, but when I decided to go with the Denny brothers, obviously I knew I was going to hurt the poll a little bit, and as such, the Denny brothers really ran away with this one. So we're going to give the award for the greatest players to wear the number 92 to the Denny brothers out of Thornton, Colorado. Like I said, just an absolutely stellar run that they put together in BYU uniforms, and the Cougars, they could use some guys like the Denny's, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, defensive ends. The current player wearing the number 92 is a defensive end that a lot of hopes have been pegged on for him to come in and have a Denny family-like impact on the BYU football program, and that is Tyler Batty. We're going to preview the defensive ends for BYU. This will be a summer-long series. It's not going to necessarily be super regular, but we will preview all of the position groups for BYU football heading into 2020. We're going to kick it off today with the defensive ends. We'll talk about Tyler Batty and his compatriots coming up here in just a second. Before we do that, though, I mentioned in the open that our title sponsor on the podcast today is our good friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, guys. Think about that. They've been, for the 2000s and even beyond that, they have been serving auto mechanics, do-it-yourselfers, regardless of whatever your experience is with vehicles, Rock Auto is here to serve you. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, guys. I'll be I'll freely acknowledge that I am a neophyte when it comes to working on my car. I can change my oil. I can change a tire. If you were to say, Jake, you need to replace your engine block, I wouldn't have the foggiest clue. But I guarantee you, rockauto.com could help me get through it with the right parts for it. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. They give you every option that they have. They're not going to say, you should pick this one. You have this choice between these two. They will make sure you have all the options available to you. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So your mechanic is not going to get a better price than you would at rockauto.com. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Right now, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, and that is our good friends at rockauto.com. All right, guys, as I mentioned, we have a very defensive end heavy podcast today, and we're going to preview the current defensive end group for the BYU football program as we kick off our position preview series. This will run all summer long as we get closer and closer to the college football season. We'll talk defensive ends, we'll talk punters, we're going to talk kickers, we're going to talk quarterbacks, running backs, we're going to talk about all of them. But today we kick it off with the defensive end group for BYU. And this is a position group that I think has a lot of heartburn uh, for BYU fans or has caused a lot of heartburn for BYU fans. And that is due to the fact that BYU's pass rush, at least the past season, if not a little bit longer than that, has been shaky at best. Is that the best way to put it? Uh, A lot of BYU fans upset with how the Cougars have kind of gone about things with their uh, defensive alignments. The coverages, the the lack of blitzing at times, the rush three drop eight scheme that seemed to dominate how things went last year for BYU. Well, the defensive end group for BYU, 
they have a lot of pressure on them going into fall camp this year and on into the 2020 season because BYU, if they want to become a better defensive unit, they absolutely need to get more pressure on the quarterback. It's plain and simple. It's, there's no if ands, or buts about it. And Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb, they have their work cut out for them. Uh, I mentioned, uh, maybe I haven't, but if, if you haven't heard this, Ed Lamb last year made the transition from mainly looking, working with BYU's linebacking group to working with defensive ends. Could that change going into fall camp this year? Absolutely. He could move back to linebacker, but Kalani Satake actually, by and large, took over the linebacking uh, core and coaching them up last year. And this took place kind of mid-season when he decided, hey, I needed to be a little more hands-on with this defense. And I think you saw the linebacker play have an uptick in it. And Ed Lamb moved down to defensive ends at, while Elisa Tuiaki mainly worked with defensive tackles. And uh, barring any changes to that, and I'll be asking people to see if I can get some more insights on it, but for the time being, we're going to act as if here on the podcast, Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb are tandem coaching the defensive ends and the defensive linemen as a whole for BYU. Uh, the defensive linemen and the defensive ends that BYU lost to gr- transfer or graduation this year include Devin Kufusi, who has already announced he's transferring to the University of Utah. Alex Mescala, who we talked about on yesterday's podcast, recently entered the NCAA transfer portal. His destination unknown, as well as two graduating seniors in Trajan Peely and JJ and Wigway. The nice part about this is if you look at the roster for BYU in terms of the depth chart for defensive end, there are a lot of bodies on that group. Uh, When I did my research on this, I listed 10 different guys who I could see playing defensive end for BYU, and that number could go up or down depending on if position changes take place, if guys put on weight and want to move on into the interior at defensive tackle. The biggest thing is, though, Coming out of spring ball, it appears that BYU's base defense this year truly will be a four-down four down lineman alignment. So you're going to have a 4-3, essentially, or a 4-2-5, where you're going to have four defensive linemen with their hand in the dirt, to use that expression, when it comes to how they align on defense. Now, you're probably wondering, Jake, okay, who is the biggest guy to keep an eye on this year? And I'm not going to lie to you. It's Uriah Leatawa. When you're the only guy from the 2019 BYU football program who generated double-digit pressures throughout the entire season, well, all eyes are going to be on you. And Uriah Leatawa has been getting healthier and healthier after suffering some back injuries early on, earlier on in his career. And as he continues to get healthier and healthier, you hope as a senior this year, he has his best season to date in a BYU uniform. I have Uriah Leatawa starting at what BYU likes to term the opposite end position. It's more of the um, pass-rushing hybrid role that Kalani Sitake picked up during his time at the University of Utah. If you think of some of the standouts of the University of Utah, think of like a Trevor Riley, where he's a guy who's capable of putting his hand in the dirt and getting after the quarterback while also standing up and moving around to give himself the best alignment to get after the quarterback. I think Uriah Leitawa, I would pencil him as the starter at that position. His backups along that include the guy who I mentioned uh, that is wearing the number 92 during this year's season, at least currently, and that is Tyler Batty. Tyler Batty is a freshman from Payson High School, just down the road from BYU in the south end of Utah Valley. And Batty's been back from his mission at this point 
he'll be been home almost a year when the season kicks off. So he has had a lot of time as a return missionary to get his body back in shape, doing a lot of work. And there's a lot of people who believe he is going to be the next uh, great pass rusher in a BYU uniform. But I hope that the pressure doesn't get to him. Uh, the tough part is, as a true freshman, you come in and all of a sudden everybody's thinking, this is a guy, we think he can have double-digit sacks, blah, 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 blah. All of the hype, uh, it's impossible to live up to it. I'll be frank about it for Tyler Batty as a freshman. I don't think he can live up to it. If he does, well, he's a better player than I absolutely envisioned him being as a freshman. And BYU might legitimately have a star on their hands if that comes to pass. But I just feel like he has got a lot of work cut out for him, but I do expect him to really make a push during fall camp and be a part of the two deep for BYU. The other names to keep an eye on at that opposite end position behind Leotow and Batty include Fisher Jackson, a return missionary in his own right from Harriman High School, probably going to take a little bit longer to get into shape. There's a lot of hopes that he can be a difference maker in the pass rush, as well as Alema Pelimai. Pelimai made the transition during spring ball from tight end to defensive end, And I have to tell you this much, as a guy who was recruited as an outside linebacker to BYU originally before going on a mission, Peely Mai has got tools that could really translate to to the defensive end position. It's just a matter of him putting those together and doing so relatively quickly because he's getting up there in terms of his eligibility already. So... Those are the guys I see as, I guess, the the three deep for the opposite end position. And then on the other end of the defensive line at the defensive end position, more of the traditional uh, end that sets the edge in the run game, etc., I'm tabbing Zach Daw to be the starting defensive end for BYU at that position. Daw is much of a bigger body, six foot four, two hundred and seventy pounds. More of a guy who you would think of as a better three four defensive end than a four three defensive end. But he's proven that he actually can do quite well on first and second down at defensive end in a four man alignment. So I expect him to be the starter there. And then his backups. This is just me speaking. Gabe Summers out of Westlake High School really showed that he had some promise to him as a walk-on. We've talked about him as one of the players in our player countdown series already. Uh, a bigger body in his own right, six foot two, two 270 pounds. Probably a little more of a pass rush specialist than a Zach Daw, but I still think with his bigger body, he's better suited at more of the traditional defensive end spot. And then the third guy on this list is Saleti Feveliaki, uh, wearing the number 44 this year. He is a recently returned missionary in his own right, has had some time in the program to get his body right. If he can pr- live up to the hype that he had coming out of high school, he absolutely could be an option for BYU, and I expect him to make a push this year as he tries to enter the rotation for the BYU football program. Other names you may want to be familiar with in case they make a push include guys like Herkley Latu, who had entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal last fall camp. Then come winter semester January, he withdrew his name from the portal, has returned to the BYU football program. He's expected to be back at defensive end and see what he can do there. Darius McFarland, a guy who has made multiple position changes between fullback, H-back, and defensive end. Can he finally find a home at defensive end? We'll find out. And then Salofa Funa, formerly a linebacker from Spanish Fork High School. BYU recently moved him to the defensive line to play defensive end. We'll see if he can do something as well. And then one return missionary to keep an eye on who will be returning to the program this fall, but likely as a redshirt candidate because I don't think he has the time necessarily to get his body right. And that is Preston Lewis from Lone P 
Peak High School. Lewis, more of a traditional linebacker body when he came out of Lone Peak, but absolutely has the ability to absolutely rush the passer. Six foot two, 220 pounds when he came out of Lone Peak, but I think he had almost 20 sacks, if not more of that, his senior year as a Knight. So absolutely a guy who knows how to get after the quarterback. Can he get his body right this year? Maybe be more of a factor down the road in 2021 and beyond. We'll find out. So... There you go. Some thoughts on the uh, defensive ends for BYU. The newcomer to watch very much so is Tyler Batty. Can he live up to the hype? I, I don't think he ultimately can because there's just so much hype being put on this young man. But if he does, BYU may have their next star pass rusher. And the X factor for this group is who can generate pressure outside of Uriah Leatawa. Like I said, he was the only defensive lineman for BYU to generate double-digit pressures over the course of a 13-game season for BYU a year ago. Pretty pathetic, in all honesty, for the defensive end group to only have one guy who could generate double-digit pressures in a season, but they need more bodies and more guys to prove that they can get after the quarterback. And if they do that... Great. They're probably going to be set up to have a better defense next year because opposing quarterbacks won't be able to get comfortable in the pocket. You saw some of the better quarterbacks that BYU faced a year ago. They would sit up, sit in that pocket and say, you know what, this is pretty nice, and deliver strikes. And There's only so long that a cornerback or a safety can cover a wide receiver before they're ultimately going to come open. And The hope is that you can get defensive ends that strike fear into the heart of quarterbacks, really have them off a base, really have those jumpy feet as a lot of people like to say it, those quarterbacks who never really get set their feet and they're throwing off base all the time. That's a that's a win for the defense. Sacks are great. Strip sacks are even better. Fumbles are great. Interceptions are great. What you need to do is you need to be able to generate consistent pressure to keep offenses on their heels and really not let them get comfortable. That's the name of the game in football. It's keeping your opponent off of what they'd like to do and forcing them into something they would not like to do while you do what you want to do. Can BYU's defensive ends live up to the billing and the hype and the hopes and the prayers that BYU fans have for them? We're going to find out together. But I think that the defensive end group for BYU, there is so much riding on their ability to get after the quarterback. I hope they're able to come through and be nice to see them really have a breakout campaign this year. It'll probably be more by committee than individual stars. But if stars emerge, you play them. And I hope that BYU and their coaching staff realize who is the better options for them and they can move forward and make sure those guys are in the best positions to succeed. All right, like I said, we'll be doing these position previews throughout the summer as we get you ready for the 2020 season as well as our player countdown series. Some of my favorite parts of the year to do this type of stuff. I love looking forward, talking about guys who may have a chance to break out and let you guys know about them ahead of time so that when you guys are at the water cooler or doing your Zoom calls with your friends, you can sound like the BYU fan who's a lot smarter than everybody else because you're mentioning a guy and all of a sudden they break out and your friends are like, how'd you know about him? Well, your secret is the Locked On Cougars podcast. So big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. All right, we'll wrap things up here in just a second. Before we get to that, need to talk to you today about our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. You've heard me talk about these guys located in Provo, 651 Columbia Lane, right across the street from the Desert Industries Thrift Store there in Provo. 
real easy to find, but they need your guys' donations of plasma. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, what in the world is a plasma donation? Well, it's essentially like donating blood, but what it is is a telechrist, they'll bring in, they put your blood into what they call a centrifuge, they pull out the plasma that they need from your blood, and they put it back into your body. It's a really simple process, painless. It's like donating blood. It's the easiest way to say it is you're pretty much donating blood. They're just pulling a part of your blood out of your blood, which is what they need. And the plasma that Talacris uses goes into making life-saving medications for people with low immune systems, as well as plasma therapy for burn victims, as well as research into additional usages for plasma, including right now the COVID-19 virus. Their parent company, Griffles, is a national company who is on the forefront of researching how convalescent plasma, the stuff you guys would be donating, can combat or hopefully help heal people from the COVID-19 pandemic. So you're helping out your fellow man when you donate your plasma, and they're also helping you out at Telechris. They're offering you guys cash money for your donations. The more you donate, the more money you make in a month. New donors at Talacris Plasma Resources, you can earn up to $525 in your first month of donating. And if you're a returning plasma donor, you can earn up to four, excuse me, $475. So plenty of money to be made, especially amidst all of the economic downturn we've experienced recently with this pandemic. I would encourage you guys to check out Talacris Plasma Resources. It's a win-win. You're helping out your fellow man. You're fighting the COVID-19 pandemic while also lining your pocket with cash money money. It's a great way to put money in your pocket and they need your donations. There's a critical urgent need right now nationwide for plasma donations. I know blood donations have absolutely been something that's been needed as well, but plasma donations especially are something that these companies need and Talacris needs your guys' support. They're open 5.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday so they can fit into whenever you have availability in your schedule. Open from 5.30 to 5 on Saturdays, closed on Sundays. Stop on by, learn more about this company, 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Their phone number, 801-377-1243. They'd love to help answer any questions and assuage any fears that you may have about donating your plasma. But I would encourage you guys, Help out your fellow man while helping yourself out as well and donate your plasma at Talacris Plasma Resources. All right, guys, as we close out this Wednesday edition of the show, a quick thought or two on the current uh, status of student-athletes at BYU and their workouts going on. I think the great thing is, and I love the fact that we're seeing guys like Lorenzo Fawatea, Chaz Ayu, uh, Connor Harding uh, spoke with Jeff Call, I believe in an article yesterday, about the workouts that are happening at BYU and the extra precautions being taken by the BYU training staff to make sure all student-athletes are being as healthy as possible, social distancing, smaller workout groups, specific times that these student-athletes can work out. I think they're doing everything the right way. I'm just hopeful that everything continues to move forward steadily from here on out. I love the fact that BYU said, you know what, if we're able to open up June 1st, that's when we're opening the doors and come on in for these voluntary workouts. I thought that was an absolutely brilliant move, and I'm hoping that these student-athletes have 
all of the time this summer to get their workouts in. They've already missed months at this point of weight training, skill development, the nutrition center that's available to them as student athletes they probably didn't have when they were living at home and working out on their own. They've missed so much time that I'm hopeful that nothing stops them from getting ready for their coming seasons. For football, that means coming up in August when they suit up uh, for fall camp. Uh, A note for you guys, if you didn't hear this already, BYU Media Day will be a virtual-only format, and it's scheduled now for mid-July. They haven't set a specific date. Uh, Brett Pine from BYU Sports Information sending out an email yesterday to us in the media telling us that it's being moved back to mid-July. Going to be a virtual-only format. More details will come, and once I have those, I'll be happy to pass them along to you. But getting back to my point... I hope the student-athletes at BYU get the opportunity to spend all summer working out. I don't want to see this being interrupted by the NCAA. I don't want to see it being interrupted by COVID-19. I'm hopeful that everything moving forward here indicates that we're back to normal. And I know that we're all talking about normal as if we're going back to how things were. I don't think we'll ever get back to how things were. We're going to have the quote-unquote new normal taking over. But my hope is for these student-athletes, they get all the time they can get to work out, get that skill development, get their bodies right, get their minds right, and get ready for their coming seasons. And it's fun to see that. And one other note for you guys, uh, Jeff Call in his article yesterday, Matt Harms sounds like is already on campus at BYU working out the graduate transfer from Purdue. That's a fantastic development to hear that he's already in Provo and already working out with his teammates and getting his work in there at the Marriott Center Annex. All right, we'll have more on this, obviously. A lot more talk when it comes to BYU sports each and every day when we do this with you guys. But a big thank you for your continued support of the show each and every day. Like I said, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search us out, Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is is Jacob C. Hatch if you want to weigh in with your thoughts there on my personal Twitter feed. And you always can email us as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. If you want to drop us a note, let us know how we're doing, how I'm doing. If you love it, you hate it, regardless, let us know what you think. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day, and I mean that sincerely. So a big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well, staying safe, and hopefully you're all healthy and wealthy and wise. That's the biggest thing. I think we're all aiming for that. So have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this, and we'll be back with you guys soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 3rd, 2020. We will catch you tomorrow. Thank you